Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Within the first year of me opening the new studio, I was able to convert that business to a six-figure studio. But I have not told you about my 20 attempts at failed campaigns. This blueprint that I've got now has come from so many epic fails, so many nights spent creating campaigns that didn't even convert to one client. So it's not all golden and magic. So I really just want to say that if you're at the moment chipping away and things aren't working for you, just keep going because you'll turn up a stone and you'll be like, wow, that was worth going through 10 bad ones to find this magic piece of gold underneath. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Paula Brennan, and she has taken personal branding to a whole new level. Paula has created personal branding photo shoot experiences that not only give her clients exactly what they need, but she makes $10,000 in one day doing these special shoots. Paula was never new to the photography world because she grew up with wedding photographers as parents, but what she was new to was portraits and just the business side of this type of photo shoot. She ends up sharing with us exactly how she grew her business, why she decided to stop renting a studio altogether, And she also talks about starting over in a new city as a single mom. Paula is someone that I liked the second I met her, and I'm so happy that she's sharing her story with all of us today. She's a huge inspiration to me, and I'm so glad that I got to ask her all of the questions that I did. She definitely does not disappoint. Okay, please enjoy listening to today's episode with Paula Brennan. Hey, Paula, how's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Nikki. So you're all the way in Australia. We're so far away from each other. I'm so curious what it's like over there right now. Oh, do you know what? It's actually 4.30 in the morning, so it's very quiet. (laughs) Oh, wow. So early. You couldn't rip me out of bed at 4.30 in the morning. Well, unless you're a three-year-old who's pulling me out of my sleep, but... (laughs) That's my mode. I get my best work done between four and six before everybody wakes up. So that's kind of like my happy place now. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. It's so funny how people are so opposite with when they get their best work done. Yeah, I used to be a night person, but for some reason, I, it, it actually switched a, a couple of years ago and I'm really embracing it. So it's nice to have that quiet time in the house where before the phone starts ringing and the emails start pinging in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I hope I switch. I really do. I would so much rather be a morning person. Hopefully one day. I think it happens when your kids go to school. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So a couple of years and I should be. Yeah, the school hours are so small. It's like, you know, you get about a five hour window in the middle of the day. So you've got mm-hmm. to find an hour or two extra outside of that. So that's why I think I switched. Yeah, interesting. That makes sense. Well, I'm very, very excited to talk to you today. I know you have a really successful business and I cannot wait to hear all about it. I've actually been wanting to ask you a lot of questions since I met you a couple of years ago. 
So this is perfect that you are on the podcast with us. Yeah, lovely. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Yes, I know that you started way back when as a wedding photographer. So just take us back to that. And, you know, did you always know you wanted to be a wedding photographer? Or, you know, how did that all start for you? In fact, it was the opposite. I actually grew up in a household that had a studio that was a wedding photography studio. So my mum and dad both ran a studio. They were one of the pioneers of working from home way back when. So we had a studio downstairs and there was a constant flow of brides and grooms coming through. And I got my start kind of like stamping photographs back in the day with copyright stickers on the back of them and putting wedding albums together from a young age. Yeah, back in the day when you used to have to stick things in and use film and all that stuff. So when I was growing up, to be honest with you, I thought photography was the furthest thing that I would do. So I actually followed my passion and went overseas and studied acting, would you believe, of all things. So (laughs) interesting. Yeah, it was lovely. My family's heritage is Irish. So I studied over there, did a few tours and a few plays and things. And then I came back and it was kind of like around the dawn of the time of digital. So it was just as Photoshop was sort of becoming a thing back in the early 2000s. And my dad was obviously playing around with it. And he bought um, the Nikon D1, I think it was back then, the very first DSLR that was going. And I just started playing with Photoshop and I was kind of hooked. So I sort of experimented. I was going out with him and a bunch of other wedding photographers, you know, just being an assistant and carrying people's bags. And all the while, what I was falling in love with was the Photoshop element of it and being able to do design and, you know, build wedding albums. And so that was kind of what hooked me in. But funny enough, very quickly, that was the thing that I didn't enjoy as much. And I started loving the shooting. So yeah, very quickly, I was picking up a camera and yeah, started experimenting and then I very quickly took off. I mean, I was, I was lucky enough, obviously, to be working in a business that was doing sort of like between sort of 40 to 50 weddings a year already. Wow. And then within a couple of years, we just doubled that because obviously I, you know, was able to pick up a camera myself. But then my parents sort of said, look, we're out. We don't want this anymore. So I bought that from them in 2004 and then, yeah, made it my own. <laughs> wow. No kidding. I mean, talk about just being born into, <laughs> into a career. That's yeah, that's really cool. When you said 40 to 50 weddings per year, like my stomach was like, oh, that's I mean, that's a lot of weddings to do. Like, so at that point, was it just you or did you have a team? No, well, that was when my dad and I were doing them together, but then I started doing some. So when I think this is probably why my parents backed out of the business, because I think we were up to about 85 oh my gosh. in 2003 and 2004 when my mum and dad were like, we don't want this business anymore. If you'd like it, you can buy it from us. <laughs> and so, yeah, so when I went into my first year of business on my own, I think there were 70 weddings on the books because my dad was still shooting a few. So yeah, high volume. (laughs) 70. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So did you do that for a long time or? Yeah, I did. Because I know you don't do weddings really much anymore. So yeah, look, I was a full-time wedding photographer, pretty much I'm going to say up to 2013. I was lucky enough to meet Sue in 2010. So a little bit of a timeline. My daughter was two and a half or three when I first met Sue. And my marriage had just broken down. Now, you know, you can see the kind of volume of work that I was doing. I tend to be a little bit of a workaholic. So, you know, that wasn't to do with my marriage breakdown. There was a lot of other things, but I can definitely see that shooting weddings and having that social life would have contributed to that breakdown. Mm -hmm. And so when I met Sue in, well, it wasn't, I didn't first meet Sue, would you believe? I saw an ad on an AIPP thing for this, and I'd never heard of her before for this photographer. And it was to go and see her talk about this genre of photography that she was doing. 
and I spotted it and it was one photo. I just instantly kind of resonated with the photo and she had her mobile number on there. So I rang her straight away <laughs> and I was like, no kidding. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. So I was sitting there swamped. This was the year that I did 87 weddings on my own. Okay. So this oh will give you context. Yeah. God, I would die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was pretty exhausting stuff. I was just a yes girl. Yeah. I couldn't say no to people. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there in my studio and I was completely overwhelmed. I saw this kind of like ray of hope come up on my computer and I was like, oh, I love this style. I love this genre. I was completely burnt out. And so I rang Sue and she said, are you a member of the AIPP, Australian Institute of Professional Photographers? I said, yes. And I said, look, I don't know what it is, but I want to come and work for you. I said, I've got my own business. I'm doing really well, but I really want to come and work for you. And she was like, um, okay, <laughs> do you want to meet for coffee? <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> so the next day I'm, I drove into the city and I went and met her for a coffee. <laughs> Wow. I, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So literally, I think within a week, I had a photo shoot with her and that experience completely changed my life, completely helped to change the way that I saw myself because I was in a very low spot at that time, obviously just giving myself mm-hmm. to everybody, mm-hmm. young child, you know, everything going on. And yeah, just having that experience, obviously shone a torch on me as a woman, allowed me to see myself in a very different light. But it also kind of gave me this glimmer of hope that there could be another way. You know, the the experience with Sue essentially was like, you know, three, four hours. We went for lunch afterwards. My jobs at the time I was shooting were 14, 15 hour days, do you know? Mm-hmm. And all the other stuff that we know that comes with shooting a wedding. So, do you know, it's not just the day itself. It was the lead up. It was the, you know, year and a half or two years of someone sort of messaging you back and forward before it was the after part of the post-production. Some of my weddings weren't mm-hmm. getting turned around. The albums weren't going out for six to 12 months, waiting on people to bring in orders. To this day, I'm still getting phone calls from people who are saying, you did my wedding back in 2004 and my USB isn't working or my DVD has cracked. Oh my Can God. I get my photos? You're like, <laughs> I thought I was gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. No kidding. Everything that you just said, I can relate to. And I wasn't even really high volume. I think the most I did in one year was 30. And that was rough. And I don't know in Australia, if you have a season or if it's year round, but for me, it was more of a season. So my whole summer was gone. Like you said, the hours and hours of the post-production, the album design, the, you know, creating the timeline for the day. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And then you do a portrait shoot and it's like, oh, three, four hours, I'm good to go. And I'm still making a ton of money. Like it was night and day for me. Yeah. And this is the thing. So when I had that whole sort of experience with Sue, and then obviously I was lucky enough to sort of be mentored by her and sort of sit alongside of her for a lot of that sort of early growth stage and watching the process, I was like, hang on, light bulb. She's finished with a client within two weeks of photographing them. Are you kidding? Or three mm-hmm. or four weeks, however long it takes to deliver the box. I was like, what? And I'm looking at the profit margins and I'm going, you can buy a portrait box for X amount. You pay one makeup artist $90 or $130 or whatever it is. And the rest is yours. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> right. Yes. And I love that you knew Sue back before she was, I mean, I know she was teaching with AIPP in Australia or whatever, but this was before she had any online courses. Like you saw her in the business, like in the trenches of all of it. Yeah. And do you know what? She was relentless. Like I just sat back and watched her and went, this is unbelievable. Watching her forge a path that not really many women had done in photography, do you know? Mm -hmm. 
And I'll never forget Sue telling me back in the very early days. So I had a kind of a concept of what she was doing. She was doing blogging and I could see her sort of like reaching out to all the right people and making things happen. You know, things were starting to kind of kick off in the US for her. But she turned around to me and she said, I want to build an online platform, an education platform, just like Jerry Jonas has. Because at the time he had a very crude version of the ICE Society online, right? So, mm-hmm. and she turned around to me and she said, I want to be like Jerry's, but I want to be better. <laughs> 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 and I was like, you know, watching that happen. And I mean, look at what she's created. It's been phenomenal. So yeah, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. What she has created since that time period Obviously, it's so great just the way she teaches and everything, but it's built on everything that she has done. Like she did it for 25 years. So it's not like she just, you know, shot for a couple years or whatever, and then just started an online education. Like she was in it and then just revolutionized this whole style. Absolutely. I mean, you can see so many people online that she has influenced. You can just tell. It's so cool. Whenever I do any kind of market research to see what's going on in my neighborhood or even around, as soon as I can click on a photo, I'm like, yep, they've watched Sue's training. She's watched Sue's training. And you can even see whispers of it across multiple genres. So not necessarily even people doing portraits. I can see it in a lot of people's wedding photography as well. Do you know, it's quite cool to watch. So yeah, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. And as you say, you know, her walking her talk, do you know, so I think that's something that maybe perhaps kind of can get a little bit overlooked when people are researching for mentors in photography. There's a lot of people who have bright, shiny stars, but not necessarily have had the skin in the game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Sue's got the experience. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Right, right, for sure. So, you know, I remember back when I was deciding that I was done with weddings and it scared me to not have them anymore because, you know, when you book a wedding, you get half of the money right then for a deposit. And then you get half of the money, whether it's a year from now or eight months from now or whatever. So you always kind of have this money coming in. And with portraits, it's not like you necessarily book out a year or whatever. And I'm curious if you were able to easily make that shift or if that was a hard transition for you. I'm going to be really honest. It was quite a bumpy transition because I moved into state during the transition. So I decided to change and move further up north in Australia from Sydney to Queensland. I live in a beautiful little beachside community and I just needed to get out of the rat race of Sydney. So I was essentially kind of running away from that business that I had as well at the time, but it was paying the bills. Mm, So mm -hmm. I was kind of doing what you've done a lot too, Nikki. I know in your business is sort of flying back and forward across the country a little bit in order to kind of sustain an income from that business. And when I first moved to Queensland, I did a thing where I jacked up my prices in Sydney by literally $1,500 a package on the weddings. And I found that I was getting more people ready to say yes to the weddings before they'd even met me. Do you know? So it was a really interesting shift for me too in understanding value where I was making a decent living in Sydney with the weddings, but all of a sudden As soon as I became that extra level of exclusive or or unavailable, people were more readily saying yes. So, Mm -hmm, and as mm -hmm. I said earlier, I'm a yes person. So I found it very difficult to say no. And as you know, the nature of weddings, particularly the market that I was shooting in was predominantly kind of European style weddings where they commit two to three years out. So I was getting phone calls in 2013 for weddings that were kind of going to be in 2016. And at this stage, I my business, I was only concepting opening a new studio. I kept the studio in Sydney, 
And I lived in Queensland for a year before I said, right, I'm ready to sort of put down roots here. So I was saying yes to jobs that were going to happen in two years time because I wasn't sure whether I could back myself in a small town where nobody knew me starting a completely new business in portraiture, which, you know, let's face it, I still had no kind of real belief behind it because even though I'd paid sued X amount of money, I didn't know if other women were going to do that necessarily. Do you know? So. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was a really interesting transition. So when you asked about that question, it was quite bumpy because what ended up happening for me was very quickly, I grew to having a very successful business and earning, as I told you, Nikki, you know, within the first year of me opening the new studio, I was able to convert that business to a six figure studio And then I found that the weddings were starting to get in the way. Right. So I was having to fly back down to Sydney on a weekend and I was sitting there going, now I have to leave my studio on a Friday morning and normally I can book two portraits on a Friday and get two shoots on a Saturday. This is not stacking up. Do you know, like I can make way more money if I just stay in my hometown, work way less hours, get rid of these clients. No offense, not saying that in a bad way to my clients, but have them off my books essentially within a month rather than having this whole long-term relationship with them after the wedding. So yeah, then I just had to start doing the numbers and start learning to say no. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. That makes so much sense. How did you build it so quickly? Uh, I mean, to go to six figures in your portrait business in one year, that's amazing. I kind of went to marketing school overnight. (laughs) So in terms of context, obviously I'd been watching what Sue was creating and building. I was pretty much at every talk that she did for that first couple of years that she was living in Sydney. And then I think she did her first creative live. So I put every single thing that Sue had taught me into place. And that was it. I followed the system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went to networking events. I started reading magazines, looking at all the influential women that were in my hometown, my new hometown. I was sending them vouchers. I was doing everything that I could. I paid for magazine articles. And then I discovered Facebook advertising and really that's what sort of helped me to get a massive leg up once I started to learn how to harness Facebook advertising. And what I essentially did was what Sue had taught, you know, breaking, chunking down your year into those big events. And I just ran three or four major campaigns in that first year. And that really just cemented it for me. So yeah, it was pretty rapid once I got going into it. I'm going to say to anyone listening, It was more of a matter of having trust in the system and not deviating from it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's such great advice. Yeah, I think the thing is, is that a lot of people I know will try to augment things or skip over steps or make things better or discount. I literally modeled myself off everything that Sue had been doing in her business and just ran with it. And the only thing I did differently was I obviously adopted that modern technology which was Facebook advertising at the time, which she hadn't been talking about in 28 days because it wasn't really a big thing. So I kind of did a few early courses on learning how to do Facebook ads and then boom, I was off to the races. Yeah, what you said is exactly what I did. I think I've mentioned this before that it's not about recreating a new business model. When you find one that works and if it feels right to you, and sometimes it's scary. I mean, I I remember thinking what you thought too, like, are these people really gonna pay these prices? but they will. Not everyone will, but literally I did it step by step by step and just kept going. And that's really what it took doing the work. I mean, clearly you did the work. And at this time you were a single mom, right? You were the only income earner. Single mom. Yes. In a different state. So it was very difficult because I didn't have much support network 
in Queensland. So I was working a lot of nights in order to set this up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. what you've got to remember too is I didn't need to learn how to shoot. Mm. And I think that's the difference as well. What I needed to do, there was two major things that needed to happen for me because I'd met Sue back in 2010. So I'd been playing with portraits and I'd adapted my studio in Sydney to incorporate this business model, but I didn't believe that I was worth it. So over here on one side, I'm charging five or $6,000 for a wedding, but I was really finding it difficult to convert a portrait and get over six or $700 for a shoot. And that went on for a year or two. Okay. So that I was playing in that field, say from 2011 to maybe 2012. When I moved to interstate, I had a year of essentially not doing portraits and my heart was yearning for it. So to give a little bit of context as well, I was in a new relationship and that's why I'd sort of moved interstate as well. And I remember sitting at a table with my ex after a whole year and I'd found a new space for the studio and I was there going, oh my God, this studio is going to be amazing. And I was starting to tell him about the experiences. Now he hadn't seen me doing any of this portrait stuff, right? So I was telling him about it and I was telling him about my experience with Sue. And he said to me something that was very life-changing. He said, I think you're crazy if you think that women are going to pay the kind of money that you want them to for what you're saying you're going to do. Wow. Now, at that moment, I got up from the table, I walked home, and pretty much within that week, I packed my bag and I signed the lease on the studio. (laughs) You were like, oh yeah, watch me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Not that I needed the ammunition or the impetus, but it really did help me to have that newfound belief system that, do you know what? I can do this Mm -hmm. and I can charge these prices. And I really do think that was probably a big motivator for why I did so well that year because I wanted to prove him and everybody else wrong, I think, because everyone had kept telling me, stay in weddings, you're crazy, it's what you're good at, it's what you know, and da 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 and I'm sitting there going, but my heart is on fire for something different. I just know it. Mm-hmm. This is not lighting me up anymore, and I know the experience that I can create for women. I know the impact that I can have, and I'm just not having it right now. It's, I'm just not feeling it. And so, yeah. Obviously, you know, Nikki, you've been on this journey. What happens after that? As soon as you step into that space when you value yourself, I was listening to your podcast where you said that moment where you had that first big sale. Mm -hmm. I remember pretty much the first portrait that I did. I built a beautiful reveal wall. I put up this first one and I had this experience where a man came into me and he hugged me. He came in to view the photos with his wife and he hugged me and he said, I don't know what you did, but you brought my girly back. He said, thank you. And he cried and he gave me a hug. Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. I've still got goosebumps. Yes. And he bought the lot. He took the whole lot off the wall, right? I was sitting there in insecurity, pulled every single photo off the wall. He packed them into the box and he handed me the credit card. Boom. (laughs) And then it's like you just need that first one, that first Mm -hmm. sale that shows you, oh my God, if this person did it, if this person bought from me, someone else is going to. And then the next thing you know, you're just making all of these sales. It's just the most incredible thing. It is. It's a snowball. And now without the weddings, your time is yours again. I'm assuming you were able to spend so much more time with your daughter. And I mean, it just... I was in some ways and I was in others. And I would really kind of press this in. The thing that I didn't heal in myself was that thing about valuing my own boundaries mm. and valuing my time. Yeah. And so I kind of recreated a little bit of the monster that I had with weddings in that I kept sort of needing to fulfill that space inside of myself and say yes to more people and sort of have more successes. And so in some ways, yes, I was able to have a lot more time at home because I wasn't having to travel and do all of those things. 
but in other ways, I started compromising again on my weekends and stuff. So I set up the business model so that I was going to shoot every second Saturday. And I think for pretty much like two or three years consistently, I broke every rule of my own. (laughs) Paula, I think a lot of us do that. I can relate to that big time. I remember Mm. putting on certain days on my calendar, it would say, do not work. I would write that on my calendar, do not work. And then someone would call and want to book a shoot or something. And I'd be like, oh, sure, I can do May 2nd, even though right on my calendar, I wrote do not work and I would book them in. And I don't know if it was turning 40 or having my second child or what it was, but saying no has never been easier. I don't know. All of a sudden something clicked. Yeah, 100%. That's definitely that shift has happened for me in the last 12 months as well. And it's amazing how people will rearrange their diary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. you can't do that day. Okay, what day can you do? Yes. And I give them three dates and then they go, okay, all right, well, let's make this work. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's been life changing for me to start saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you hear that spot too. Yeah, I do. I definitely agree with you. I think it's something about kind of heading into your 40s and starting to kind of, yeah, I think it's around raising your own vibrations, right? And saying, I'm worthy and I'm worth more. And yeah, you can wait. My family's more valuable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I want to fast forward. One of the things I really have been wanting to ask you is about your personal branding, because I know that you are killing it. And I'm pretty sure that's all you do right now is branding, right? It is. Yeah, I shifted into that model. So I actually closed my studio back in December because I found I was getting to a place where I just wasn't shooting in it half as much. So yeah, closed it back in December and have pretty much been focused on personal branding for the last two years and doing sort of like a 50-50 split. But yeah, now the branding is really what's kind of lighting my fire. Tell me about what you do for your clients and what your pricing is and just like paint a picture of what your typical client shoot is like. Okay, great. So I tend to work a lot with women who are over 40, great demographic, love it, who are running small businesses. And obviously they have a necessity for keeping up to date on their social media feeds and sort of, you know, obviously we're all moving into online models. So it's courses and things like that. So what I do is I kind of do like lifestyle shoots. So we incorporate sort of the typical kind of portrait headshot kind of model indoors but also incorporating a lot of different lifestyle elements as well. So I literally will sit down with my clients, break down what their ideal life looks like, and then catch it for them. So in two ways, the shoot sort of is obviously working to market themselves, but it's also a little bit like their own kind of, you know, vision board for their life. And it's sort of helping them to sort of bring it to fruition, if that makes sense too. So it's not faking it as such. We definitely bring elements of their own reality into the world. Oftentimes I'm doing it in people's houses, but sometimes we're doing it in Airbnbs because it's free of the clutter of day-to-day life and children. Mm -hmm. And it sort of, you know, sets them that little level above. Then we typically will go out and do street shots and do things in sort of like cafes or different places. So if someone's a nutritionist, we might take them for a spin in an organic supermarket. You know, if somebody really connects well to nature, we're taking them out there. And depending on what city I'm shooting in, I usually finish up with a little spin on a beach or down by the water somewhere to catch us some nice, you know, beautiful, still kind of meditative shots and things like that. So it's a full gamut in a one day kind of experience is what we're shooting these days. That sounds great. I really want to hire you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was due to come to the States in September. I was going to try and make it to the Portrait Masters Conference, but I don't think I'm going to get out of Australia now for maybe a good year. (laughs) I hope that all changes. It's such a bummer. (laughs) Well, it sounds really cool what you're doing for your clients. It sounds like you're giving them a great variety. 
you're using their vision of what they want to represent for their business. Now, what would what would I pay you for a full day like that? A full day like that is 4500. 4500 for a solo day. Yeah. But we do sometimes do multiple women in a day, so sometimes I get people to buddy up. And I have absolutely no problem with just charging a little bit more for expenses and then getting two women to split the shoot. Mm-hmm. If their businesses are some way aligned or else they can potentially buddy up. There's some businesses that have kind of already got relationships. It might be a makeup artist and a hairdresser that work together a lot. I'll always try and get people to kind of maximize their experience. I recently did a shoot with a woman who came to me because she's a financial consultant and she's looking to build an online platform. But once I dug a little bit deeper, I realized that she's actually got an accounting business as well. So on the same day that I was doing a branding shoot, I just went into her office in the morning and did headshots for all of her entire team. So what I'm trying to do is maximize the investment for the client so that they can start to see a better return on it as well. That's so smart. That is so smart. It's almost like you're upselling within because, you know, obviously it's going to be a little bit extra to shoot the team, right? No, I didn't charge more for that, to be honest with you. The only thing we charged extra was for the hair and makeup. So whatever the hair and makeup artist cost me, I just bumped that on top. Oh, okay. But gotcha. to be honest with you, when I'm out doing a job like that, I don't really mind. It's a little bit to me like doing weddings. I'm there to do the job, so I'm happy to deliver the images. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we did work for a while on a model where we included all of the images that I shot. Like, obviously, we were whittling it down. And I've just recently changed to, well, in the last six months, I've changed to a different model where I do allow there to be a potential upsell afterwards as well. The upsell isn't actually, believe it or not, to more images. It's actually encouraging them to book into another shoot. So my whole goal is to try and create relationships. Ah, That's so smart though. Yeah. So I want to create relationships with people. From the days of portraiture, I was always sort of marketing. The repeats would come, but they weren't as regular, if you know what I mean. But women in business, particularly women who are not comfortable with getting in front of the camera, who know that they need to stay competitive with Generation Y coming through and millennials coming through, who are really au fait with putting selfie sticks in their hands and taking photos of them every single day. These women understand the value. And if you go on that journey with them in their business, you're helping them to effectively grow their business, which means that they'll have that relationship and want to come back to you as well. So, Right. Absolutely. Now, is your base package 4500 no, no, it's not. So I do a half day, which is twenty nine fifty. So it's three thousand ish, you know. Okay. And then we've also got a kind of like a headshot style package, which is the entry level one. So that's where I just I'm in a studio, five ninety five, three headshots. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So overall, I mean, you have to be at least a three thousand dollar average. I actually, well, do you know what I did the math on this, Nikki? So. I did two different figures. Okay. So my average spend per client, if I look at it on an individual basis is 2,640, but my average day rate is 5,966. Wow. That's incredible. So that's where I started to look into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think back to, you know, headshots back in the day when it used to be like, you know, come in for $99 and you get your headshots. I mean, you're making anywhere between 2,600 and $5,000 in a day, but you're providing them with, with content that they can use for a whole year at least. Oh, look, the benefit for the client is tenfold. It's not just social media, it's Facebook ads, it's advertising, it's business revenue, it's growth, it's self-confidence to believe in Mm -hmm. their own businesses that they can take it to the next level. It's believing that they can apply for that podcast because they feel like the photo of them represents them in a great way that they're going to be submitting to that magazine article, to whatever. So 
the service that we provide as a personal branding photographer is next level. It's just learning to communicate that in the sales process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you do such a good job of that on your website. I really love your website. I think that shows through for sure. Oh, thanks, darling. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I remember thinking that before when when we did meet a couple of years ago and I was looking at your website and I was like, wow, Paula, oh my gosh, this is really great. I felt like you communicate what you do for someone so well through the stories through your website that I almost feel like it sells itself. Yeah, well, I'm actually talking to lots of people about this at the moment because I've been through COVID just reaching out to a lot of photographers going, hey, there's this new genre. And I think that's the difference is price is irrelevant for me now. When people ring me, I don't even have to get to the price point. It's where do I sign up? Mm -hmm, You know, 15 mm -hmm. minutes on a call when I've been able to tell them the plethora of things that these photos can help them to do. And not only that, that I can help them to implement it. I'm not doing the thing, but I'm definitely giving them the pointers because I've done all of the work on learning how to do marketing. I'm not just a photographer for them anymore. I'm almost like a marketing coach. And I'm not suggesting that that's what everybody needs to do. But when you yourself get educated in how to do these different platforms and how to make it work in your business, share the knowledge, give it to your clients for free because it's going to, it's going to reap the benefits. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. going to help to obviously raise, I'm I'm all about raising women's value anyway, but it's also going to make you look much more valuable to them as an employer, you know, or a contractor. And they're going to go tell their friends about you. Do you know, they're going to be like, oh my God, she helped me to do X, Y, Z, you know? So it's just taking that extra bit of time. But so what we're doing now is we're sort of got what we call like a VIP range of clients where we give them just that little bit of extra support. So every now and then I'll get into a Facebook community and give them, you know, I found this podcast the other day to drop into my community and say, hey guys, I think all of you should try and get on this podcast. You know, so it's about sort of helping them with those little bit of extra things that I'm learning myself anyway. So why not share the, share the love? (laughs) So great. I, I love that. That's so great. Now you do something, and I might have this name wrong. Is it called social sessions? Yeah, the social sessions. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, great. So I basically had sort of been doing versions of this, as I said. So I was telling people to buddy up, come along to the shoot and, you know, split the cost between the two of you. And then we were doing it as well with our headshot days in a sense. So at one stage, you know, I was booking six shoots in one day and they just were coming back to back. So you know, obviously being able to push through and with good averages, drive the price of that day up as well in my studio. And so I was sort of like sitting there late last year and going, oh, hang on, I think I can do something here. I'm thinking of giving up my studio. What am I going to do? And so then I came up with this concept of the social sessions. So women love to do things together, right? We always love going to the bathroom together. We tend to Mm -hmm. like going shopping together. It's sort of what we do. And I was like, well, why can't I bring a bunch of similar like-minded women together, get them in on a shoot experience and then start to reduce the overall cost per person on that and provide this epic experience for everybody to enjoy together. And so, yeah, the social sessions was born and it's been amazing. It's such, yeah, such a wonderful experience. I did say to you, Nikki, before about putting it together, bringing people together like that, it does take a lot of organizing. There's a lot of figuring out personality types and obviously businesses. Right. Cause these people don't know each other, right? They don't know each other. You're connecting them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my job essentially is to make sure that the businesses are some way aligned because obviously the locations that we're going to be hitting on the day need to sort of fit the mold for everybody. But yeah, so bringing that together has been quite interesting to see. And 
sometimes I've got it really, really right. And one or two times I've kind of maybe not hit the nail as (laughs) as quickly on the head. (laughs) So it does take a lot of experience to be able to do something like this at the capacity that I'm doing. But it's been so amazing to watch, like to see the relationships forming in the back of the bus, you know, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Right. I love this concept. Okay, so if I were to do a social session, so you would choose me and you would combine me with like three other women? Yes. Yeah. And then how does that work? Like, do we each get individual photos? It seems like you wouldn't want to group. Yeah. Look, essentially every single person gets their own shoot in the day. So it runs the exact same way as a full day shoot. Essentially, we're starting at eight o'clock in the morning with hair and makeup, and then we start shooting around 10 and we're, we're shooting right through till sunset. So I might set you up in one room. I'll have another woman in another room. I'll have someone downstairs and I'm literally running through the house and just taking lots of photos of everybody in their different scenarios. So I have definite shoot lists in my head. I've got them all itemized out. I've got someone there that's managing the styling of everybody. So we try and move everybody between 10 to 12 um, outfits each per day, changing hair and makeup. It's crazy town. (laughs) But it's fun and it works. (laughs) Now, do you use them as like each other's clients? Can you have them as like standards? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yes. So that's part of the selling feature of the day is being able to say, look, you know what? We all need clients in our photographs. Pretty much everybody is each other's demographic if I've got it right. And so they're subbing in for each other. And we've done things like we've gone to conference spaces where someone's standing in front of a whiteboard and everybody's each other's things and they rotate around because I've aligned it to know that everybody on that day does conferences. So we've, we kind of do it that way or else, you know, we've, we hit a specific district in a certain city because I know that that works for everybody. It doesn't always work out that way. And sometimes I'll be like, you stay here, you're sitting this one out. You don't need to go. And she looks at me and goes, thank God, I kind of needed a break anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Because that's a long day for sure. It is a long day for, and particularly for the demographic of women that I work with. But I mean, I guess what I'm doing is, is I'm really combining my wedding skills and being able to kind of do an abundance of shooting in one day and be able to provide quite a lot of variety. So I'm never shooting two people essentially in the same place the same way either. So that's something you've got to be really conscientious of. Mm -hmm. You cannot sort of do that. So you have to pick venues that you can go. There's six different cafes in one sector. And I get out of the car and I go, right, guys, time to go and have some lunch. Pick the cafe that chooses your flavor. No two people in the same one. And so then they all go and sort of have their little time out. And I'm going from place to place and taking those, you know, lifestyle, working on your computer photos and stuff like that as well. This is so brilliant. This is so brilliant. I'm thinking about the amount of work that this entails. And it sounds like it's fun and it's fast, just like a wedding day. I can only do one a month. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And I was going to say, I wonder if this probably wouldn't be for a beginner. Like, I feel like you really need to have your posing down. You need to have your lighting down. You need to have, like you said, have everything planned out. You need to have someone there to do your styling, the hair and makeup, because you only have a certain amount of time. Like you can't really be messing around with, you know, trying to work out the poses. Am I right on that? Yeah, absolutely. I would never recommend this for anybody who doesn't have at least five years of experience. And I'm going to say a lot of outdoor experience as well as indoor, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. managing different light situations and things like that and understanding the times of the day and being able to sort of just manage those different egos, manage different emotions, all of that sort of stuff. If you haven't had that kind of experience, I definitely wouldn't do it. I mean, I remember you know, I went from shooting two or 300 people at a wedding. I remember the first time I had five women in my studio on one day and I found it completely overwhelming. So if you're still at that stage where two 
three, four people in your studio is giving you a headache, I would say stay well away from this. But you can adopt it in similar ways in your studio. So similarly, as I said, you know, you can do those sort of like mini personal branding style shoots in your studio. Don't think you can only do one in a day because you only need maybe 20 minutes, half an hour in your studio for those. You don't need to be spending two hours with them, do you know? So you can start doing that. And if you feel like you can emotionally go from one person to the next, to the next, which is what you're having to do. I have to switch modes between person to person because they all need me energetically to be different. So if you get used to being able to do that sort of thing, you can start playing in this pond. (laughs) Yeah, I really love this idea. This is really intriguing to me and something I definitely want to consider doing. Now, you had said that you charge a little bit less per person. Yes. So what do you charge per person? And like, what do you make in an average day of doing this? Okay, so it's it depends on the city because I travel for this. So we charge between two to two and a half thousand for this. Per person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's obviously an eight to ten thousand dollar day. Wow. That's incredible. And I only as I said, I only do one a month now. There was a stage where we were doing multiples in a month. I can do two in one city in a week, and we've done that before and that I can manage, but I can't manage doing more than that because it's just too difficult to To be honest, I've gotten to the stage where I don't want to put the stress on my team either. So there was a stage there where my retoucher was working, you know, doing just batch after batch after batch. And both of us got into it. You know, I was doing this many photo shoots. She was doing that many editing. And it just got too exhausting for both of us. So this year has been all about just (laughs) simplifying (laughs) Mm -hmm. one shoot day per week three shoot days a month. That's it. So, (laughs) okay. So you'll do one social session per month, but then you have other just regular sessions. Yeah. So then I can either choose to do a headshot day where we do those 595 shoots. I'll do four of those in a day now. And my average spend on those is 1400 total spend, or else I'll do a half day or a full day. So maybe two half days, which I've got next week, two half days in one day. So just depends. I feel like you just have this down. This is amazing. It's really come from a place of figuring out too, that I don't have to say yes to everybody and trust that the work will come. Do you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does come. So that's, yeah, it's been a big shift in that. <laughs> Do you run based mostly off referrals or is it the Facebook ads? Both now. Yeah. But heavily, still strongly off Facebook ads. I did a lot of networking in the early days. So that's still got a massive ripple effect for me. Mm-hmm, same. I don't go to any networking stuff anymore, but I do do a lot of online stuff within people's Facebook groups and communities. So I'll do mm-hmm. talks in there. That's fantastic. I don't need to leave home for that anymore. And particularly, I guess during COVID, it's been quite phenomenal, that sort of reach that I've been able to get. And Facebook ads, yeah. And as I said, I've got a strong repeat client base now. So by creating that high level VIP kind of class of client, I've been able to sort of go, do you know what? I don't need to go shopping for clients as much anymore because they're starting to come to me. So a lot of what I'm doing in Facebook is brand awareness more so now, rather than looking for marketing to photo shoots. I have no offers going out there. It's more just brand awareness. Mm -hmm. I think it's really smart to focus a lot on past clients as becoming repeat clients. Yeah, we actually talked about this a little bit recently on a different episode about how our past clients, I feel like we have a huge missed opportunity there. If someone spent $2,000 with you once, I mean, likely they're going to do it again in the next year or two. Why not reach out to all of your past clients and say, hey, are you ready to update your photos? Absolutely. You're at least going to get a couple shoots out of that. I know in the past I felt nervous, like, oh no, if they wanted it, they would come back to me. 
But that's not necessarily true. Everyone has a to-do list that is so long. And if you can help them expedite that and get top of mind for them, then I just feel like you really could book a lot of shoots that way. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you three ways that we've done this over the last couple of years in my business. So the first one, definitely in the portrait business, every year, anyone who'd spent over $1,500 in any genre, they got a Christmas card from me with a voucher for another shoot. Now they can give that to somebody else, but then, you know, I was just guaranteeing that there was sort of, you know, a certain spend and a certain quality of client. So it's the first way we utilized our own client base to get repeat clients. The second way that we do it is that we incentivize it. So actually, if somebody comes back to me within 12 months, and it's irrespective of this VIP client base, but they'll get a 10% discount on their second shoot. So that's kind of like an incentive to do there. The third way that I do it is sometimes I just call clients out of the blue. How are you going? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Especially right now. This is such a good time to check in with people. Absolutely. And I don't know what's going on for you guys right now, Nikki, but we've actually just had this week, a government grant went out, which is helping people to diversify in their business. And so it's specifically geared to be able to obviously, you know, change your business model, perhaps move to online and things like that. Now I sent out an email, I got it from my accountant and I got so excited about it. I sent it out to all of my database. So I've got 6,000 in my database, sent it out to them. I got 30 people that wrote back, most of them repeat clients that said, Paula, how do I get this done? Can you help me to do it? So that night I was up till like 11 o'clock writing out quotes for people to help them to be able to get this thing and giving everybody advice on how they could position themselves to get this grant, right? Now that's good for my business. A lot of them aren't using it to get the grant to use with me, but you can be guaranteed I'll be top of mind next time they get their photos done. Absolutely. That's just an extra level of service that you provided for people. They're going to be so loyal to you. Mm-hmm. This is a thing. And it's funny that I got like over the last 24 hours, I've got about 10 new leads of people that weren't necessarily clients for things like headshots and stuff. So they're not necessarily going to be the big personal branding clients, but I know that one day they probably will turn into that. Do you know, that's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've kept that low level product there. I've mulled over this one for ages with my team going, should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we? I'm not sure whether we should have this. It feels like, you know, we're cheapening the brand. But a lot of those clients, I was actually kind of looking through my database this morning and just looking and I'm going, yeah, that one converted from headshots. That one was a headshots back in the day. And now they're a loyal VIP client. So it still, I think, pays to have that headshot sort of part of your business going along because that's helping people to grow too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just the way you've done all of this is so smart and it makes so much sense. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited about what you have brought to the table today. I think a lot of people are going to be inspired. And I think a lot of people are going to look into doing some of these ideas for sure. Nikki, can I underwrite that with, I have not told you about probably my 20 attempts at failed campaigns to do stuff like this. (laughs) So I, I really just want to say that this blueprint that I've got now has come from so many epic fails, so many nights spent creating campaigns that didn't even convert to one client. So it's not all golden and magic. Mm -hmm. If you're at the moment sort of chipping away and things aren't working for you, just keep going because you'll turn up a stone and you'll be like, wow, that was worth going through 10 bad ones to find this magic piece of gold underneath. Do you know? Oh yeah. I'm really glad you said that. I think sometimes we get discouraged when one thing doesn't work. But if everyone stopped when that one thing didn't work, I mean, no one would be anywhere. No one would have built anything. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, thanks, Nikki. It's, you know, yeah, it's pushing through until finding the idea that works best for you. 
Yeah. And this is the thing, like, you know, we're talking about these social sessions. Why, why not try mini sessions just in one location, you know, where you kind of maybe have two women in one spot, you know, get it going that way rather than trying to go for these big epic days that I've got going on. Do you know, start, start small and start with price points that kind of work for you, that feel comfortable to you. But I'm going to say whenever you get to a price point that feels comfortable, maybe try and push it 10 or 20% more because I'm guaranteeing you that you're probably still undervaluing yourself. Mm-hmm. If you take anything out of today, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah, that's really great advice too. And I'm glad you gave some pointers to someone who maybe wants to do these social session type you know, shoots, but are a little intimidated. That seems like a great way to start small, start with one or two people as opposed to bringing in a whole crew of people. So that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything with us. And I'm so glad I finally got to ask you all these questions. And I really do encourage people to to check out your website and just what you're doing, you know, more so where can people find you if they want to look at your work and look at what you do? paulabrennan.com.au or paulabrennan.com both lead to the same place yeah or else you can check me out on instagram at paulabrennan as well i follow you i enjoy following you (laughs) (laughs) thank you lovely (laughs) okay so i have a couple more questions for you i ask these to all of our guests the first one is what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot do you know what i actually got this question i was like oh there's so many things and yet there's not many things do you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say right now the thing that i can't live without is a shoot list so i'm quite methodical and i need to keep that front and center for me so that i make sure that i'm hitting every beat because even after all you know 21 years of photographing I still always want to make sure that I deliver on every single promise to my client. So that would be my, my number one thing. Did you get that from weddings? You know how we had shot lists for weddings? Do you know what? I never had a shot list. I think because I grew up in the industry, I never, I never needed it. My dad was methodical about the way that he shot. I actually got it from Sue. Uh-huh. When I was shooting with her, she used to draw out pictures of the concepts that she had for them. Mm-hmm. And I went, do you know what? That's fantastic. So I'm going to adopt that. And ever since I have, particularly, I guess what it came to was I wasn't used to people changing outfits. Right. So from weddings, they don't change clothes. Mm -hmm. So I needed to make sure that we covered a certain pose or a certain backdrop or a certain lighting scenario with that outfit and that accessories. And that's what I learned from Sue was how to manage multiple outfits and locations and stories. Mm Mm-hmm. She has a video about that too on the website about designing your shoot. Yeah. It's very helpful. It's funny because the person that I just recorded with yesterday said the same thing. Oh. That it's her designing her shoot. You're the first two to say it back to back. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's fundamental in being able to create variety because I think otherwise sometimes, especially when you get that moment of panic or someone says something to you, a client might, you know, when they start directing you, it can kind of push you off your game a little bit. Uh huh. So it definitely helps me to just reset. If I'm ever sort of having a wobbly moment, if things have gotten a bit heavy and emotional to some women, you know, this, these things happen on the shoots. Sure. I can always kind of pull myself out, come back to controlling the shoot rather than letting it control me. So that's, yeah, that's a big thing. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So next question is how do you spend your time when you are not photographing or working in general? With my daughter, (laughs) walking. I love getting outdoors. So I'm lucky enough to live like opposite the beach. So I'm out pretty much once, at least twice a day, connecting with the ocean. So yeah. Oh, that sounds so dreamy. Uh, I love it. (laughs) Although I am on a lake, so I should not complain, but. No, exactly. It's it's just funny. It's just being near water. It's the thing that centers Mm -hmm. me. So yeah. Agreed. (laughs) It's just the most beautiful thing. Okay. Number three, what's your favorite inspirational quote? 
Ooh, okay. So this was plastered outside my studio, so it's an easy one. To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. That's Oscar Wilde. Oh, yeah, I love that. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what would you say to people who are just getting started in this business? Oh, I'm going to say follow the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pick a mentor, you know, like Sue's obviously the master. Pick a mentor and follow the system because it's so good to have a blueprint for someone who's done exactly what you want to do before. And then you can start to grow and navigate and change and make changes and adapt. But I definitely think having that sort of system in front of you, because as creatives, we lose ourselves and we can focus too much on the things that don't make us money. So the first thing you want to do is start making money out of your craft so you can start investing it back into the business. That's a huge thing. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we focus on too many of the things that don't make us money. Perfecting an Instagram post is not going to make you money. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting there and fussing over your gear is not going to make you money. Start shooting, start learning your lights, start getting out there, start connecting with people and start making offers to people. Even if you don't feel like you can start charging big bucks, make sure you get paid for every single shoot that you're doing. I know in a sense, people say it's portfolio building. You're giving them a service. There needs to be a give and take. There has to be a back and front. There has to be a two-way street. Unless it's for your mum and your sister that you're photographing. You can do them for free. (laughs) Right. Yeah, but I really have a problem with photographers giving themselves away for free in the early days because it's very hard to then change the perception in the market because she'll tell her friend and she'll tell her friend that you did it for free and that becomes the expectation. So you have to start where you mean to finish. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Sorry, that was a bit preachy, but... (laughs) No, no. It's great advice. I'm glad you said it. This is coming from somebody who undervalued herself essentially for a decade in her business. So, you know, (laughs) I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. I mean, obviously you've worked hard to get where you're at. And so it's, you know, we all have that path to walk and I'm glad you're at where you're at now. Mentally. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Sure. It's a fantastic place to be in. So yeah, thank you. It sure <laughs> is. It sure is. I know I've been there as well, undervaluing myself big time. So it is, it's a great place to be here now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. What is next for you, Miss Paula? Ah, next is I'm actually sort of moving into the personal branding, mentoring and stuff myself. So this is a place that I've been kind of peddling in for the last six months and now Yeah, that's where I'm moving into. So it's quite an interesting, fun time for me right now. Oh, fun. Yeah. Helping other photographers to navigate in their businesses. (laughs) Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again for sharing all your secrets with us. And yeah, this was great. Thanks for having me, Nikki. It's been wonderful. It's been lovely to talk to you. Yeah, you as well. I'll see you online soon. Hopefully I'll see you in September. Oh, if we can make that happen. Is it happening? Uh, We don't know. Everything's still on the fence. So we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah, well, I ideally hope that it can come together. Is there any talk that it might be able to go online if it's not in person or? That is something the team is talking about. Yeah. I don't know exactly when this is going to come out, but since it's May right now, we still have some time. So I think everyone's just hoping that we'll be able to do it, but you never know. We'll see what happens. So yeah. Awesome. Well, best of luck with it all. I hope it goes ahead. Yeah. Maybe I might be there. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. Awesome. All right. Thanks, darling. Great questions too. That was awesome. Thanks, honey. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. 
And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35 and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.